Good morning. I was just joking to the guys in the room that imagine if I just ran off the stage right now, what would they do in panic? Um, but yes, hello and um, welcome this morning, as already been said. We are finishing our series on the 21 days of prayer this week. We've got our, our prayer days up until next Sunday, where we join in with the churches in Ashford prayer uh, together. Um, the first talk, in case you missed it, was Loving God, which Barney did. Yeah, last week's talk was Loving One Another, which uh, my dad, Richard, did. And today's talk is about loving the world. So, small task, loving the world, but we will make it super simple for you to do. And I feel like I've got a few keys to give away this morning to help you love the world. So, um, why are we focusing on this series of prayer? Because prayer connects us to the heart of God and prayer changes things. We get to partner with God in his plans and purposes. And Barney said in his talk that we want to be a church that is a praying church, not just a church that prays. And there's a really big difference between the two. And it's been so good to see so many of you at the, uh, the prayer meetings we've had. And if you haven't been to one, can I encourage you to get to one this week, Monday and Wednesday, 8 p.m. Like, if you hate Zoom, do it anyway. Just because something's uncomfortable doesn't mean you shouldn't have a go. Um, and it's just a really good opportunity, one, to see friendly faces, and two, to pray together um, for this year as a church and personally. Um, so... This series has been based out of Ephesians, uh, the, the letter that Paul writes to the church. And today's talk is on Ephesians 6, uh, 18 to 20. These are the core verses that we're going to look at. And we're going to expand to a few more verses in Ephesians 6 as well. But let's just read that together because this is the, uh, the foundation of the talk. So it says, Ephesians 6, 18 to 20. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. I'm going to pause there. If you change that to us, to you, personalise it a little bit, because this applies to us today as well. Um, so yes. So to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in uh, to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So we're going to lock into that praying at all times in the spirit with prayer and supplication. So just keep your Bible open. So we're going to go for it this morning. Can I encourage you to switch your phone onto flight mode? Get rid of any distractions that you have around. It's going to be really important because this will equip you going forward with the rest of this year. We know the rest of this year is probably not going to be easy. There will be highs and lows. So let's prepare ourselves for what to expect. Um, so yeah, get locked in, get ready, and be open to God speaking to you this morning. The first point I'm going to make, I've got four of them. The first one is, you are a thermostat, not a thermometer. Bit weird, but you might have heard this analogy before. But you're a thermostat and not a thermometer. We are equipped to love the world, partnering with the Holy Spirit to change the temperature around us, to change the spiritual atmosphere around us. And so a thermometer, 
I'm guessing most of us have used one, is you'll use it to measure your temperature if you're feeling unwell. Uh, your car will have one to measure the temperature in the engine. Um, you might have one outside to measure the weather's temperature. A, th uh, a thermometer measures the environmental temperature but can't do anything to change it. So we are not called to be like a thermometer in that we are dictated to by our circumstance, that we are dictated to about what's going on in the world, we are dictated to about how we feel. We're not called to be a thermometer. Romans 12, 1 to 2 says this, and this is Paul writing again. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And this is the key bit. So do not be conformed to this world. Do not be a thermometer, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So you might say, Debbie, well, what's this got to do with loving the world? What's this got to do with our prayer series? And this is where you are called to be a thermostat. <laughs> a thermostat you'll have at home, most likely. Most modern homes have them anyway, where you have a dial. Although it reads the temperature, it gauges the temperature in the room, you then dictate what temperature it should be at. You control, you influence the environment around you. And that's a bit like this verse about not conforming to this world. We are in it, but we don't conform to it. But we have influence by partnering with God, partnering with the Holy Spirit to influence our environment, our circumstance, the way we feel um, and our thinking. Um, so you are a thermostat, all right, not a thermometer. So why, how is this going to relate to the next bit? I sort of, I wanted to think about you getting well-equipped as a thermostat. We're going to do a little MOT on your thermostat this morning because this has got to be functioning well in order to serve its environment, right? To serve the world around it and to love the world around it. So point number two is it starts in the private place. Your loving the world starts in your private place with Jesus, okay? The fuel which we have dictates what we can give away. You know, if you're burnt out, if you're not functioning on all cylinders, if you're just doing, 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 um, but without getting fueled up by the one that provides all things, it's not as effective. And um, this isn't about moral good, by the way. We're talking about bringing God's kingdom and changing the atmosphere. We're not talking about just doing good things in loving the world. We're, we're talking about bringing God's kingdom where we go. Um, and that is the gospel, that is the fruits of the spirit, that is bringing revelation and truth to people. And um, so the private place is really important. And you can see, I have brought a little bit of what my private place with Jesus looks like at home, although I have borrowed Barney's chair this morning. Um, so with this in mind, what does your private place with Jesus look like? This is something that I've really battled with over the last year. It's been a real... It's not natural to me to sit down for long periods of time and just sort of reflect with God and look back and look forward, all that sort of thing. But this last year, the pandemic silver lining for me is I have thoroughly enjoyed spending more private time 
with Jesus. It's been amazing. And so this is my encouragement to you. If you want to love the world, get into more private time with Jesus because it will transform the way you do it. And I'm not saying this because I want you to follow me and how I do things. You know, I am flawed. <laughs> I, am, uh, I can do some things good and then some things not so good. We do this because as Christians, uh, we are following Christ. He is our role model. He is the one that we go, how did Jesus do it? And we go, yes, I'm going to follow how he did that. We are Christ followers. Not Debbie followers, just because I'm giving you some advice. We're Christ followers, and I'm pointing you to what he has set an example. So in the New Testament, he gives there's a number of opportunities for us to look at the way he, he demonstrated spending time with the Father. Um, I will run through the list here. So he's got, got Luke 4. After Jesus was baptized, he then spent 40 days praying. And we know that was a, a tough time for him at the same time. Uh, Mark 6, uh, Jesus sent out the 12 disciples to do ministry. And when they returned, he encouraged them to spend some time away from people and rest. Matthew 14, uh, after Jesus learned that his cousin John the Baptist had been beheaded, he went away by himself. Luke 6, early in his ministry, Jesus spent the whole night alone in prayer. And the next day, he chose his 12 disciples. Uh, Luke 4, um, probably most familiar to people, is hours before he was arrested. Uh, uh, he went to the Mount of Olives a short distance away to pray. There, there's, there's multiple examples there. And Jesus was fully, fully God, fully man. So if he was doing it, what more should we be doing it, right? Spending time with Jesus in the private place because it will fuel us, it will equip us in our public life serving him. Um, so the whys, whys, why should we do it? We know it's a good idea. We know Jesus did it. So that's one reason why. Uh, the second reason why I would give is for your personal relationship with Jesus. Okay, it's got to be a personal thing. The, the difference between Christianity and a number of other religions is that we get to have personal relationship with our Father, our Heavenly Father, and we get to connect with him in a way that other, others just don't with the, the gods they follow. And what, what can you do in this personal time with Jesus? Well, some really helpful things for you to do would be to lay out your disappointments because disappointments become barriers. Um, a really good thing to do would be to ask the Holy Spirit to identify lies in your thinking about stuff you were told as a kid that have rooted and stuck and aren't true. Um, it's a good place to be restored from failures, from times you've failed or you've sinned, and that you can be restored. Jesus can come and meet you there, and you can repent and be restored and ready for the next thing. It's a fantastic place to then be made new and released to love others, which is what this talks about. So by spending a bit of time allowing God to unearth stuff, deal with stuff in the private place, it will release you to be able to love others more effectively for him. And the, the third, third or fourth one in this little list is to grow in compassion for others. Why love the world if you don't have any compassion for them? Jesus had compassion on us. He came and died for us. He had compassion on those that he met in his ministry. 
we are called to have compassion for the people that he loves, and that is everybody. <laughs> so the person you meet at the supermarket checkout, the, the person that you meet at the garage when you're fueling your car, your colleagues at work, your family members, we are called to love these people, the person that's right in front of you. And um, I'm just going to go on to the second bit, which is about the other part of why, which is about equipping you. This private place is really important to love the world because, one, it will help your personal relationship, but it will also be a place of equipping you to do it. So we're going to read Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. So if you've got your Bibles, go there. So these verses weren't included in the ones that I'd given, but this all goes together. So we're just going to read it together, Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. And this is the why to be equipped. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So this is a place of equipping you to be prepared for the battle because we live in a spiritual battle every day. The enemy, the devil, is trying to uproot you, knock you off balance, get you in the wrong headspace. He's trying to distract you, bring you to a place of apathy or laziness. He's trying to just put you off your game in serving Jesus and loving the world and bringing hope, life, and the gospel to the people around you. So in this private place, he will equip you to get ready for the spiritual battle for your day, all right? Because it happens every day. So that's that one. And then this, we'll go on and read the next bit because it's really important as well. Because in this place, not only do we understand the warning that we need to be prepared and equipped, is that we also then get on our armour. And kids will know this one really well, the whole armour of God. And we're just going to read through what they are. And I was chatting to uh, some friends yesterday just about his talk, and one of them said, it's a bit like Iron Man, right? When he needs to go into battle, he, um, all his, uh, what's it, his, go, his gear, his armour, whatever it's called, <laughs> it, it comes to him and he suits up and he goes into battle. So this is a little bit like... Uh, like that imagery, if that's helpful. So let's read Ephesians 6, 13 to 20. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, not part of it, that's my own addition, all of it. Take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to, stand, able to withstand in the evil day and have, having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes fill your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, in all circumstances, in pandemic circumstances, in loss of job circumstances, in poverty circumstances, whatever the circumstances, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which 
uh, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. So this private place will help you get all your armour on to face the spiritual battle that is a day-to-day life. So... We're just going to move on to point three, and that is be compassionate. You can't help spend time with Jesus and, and for your heart to be softened. The song that came to mind when I was writing this was, break my heart for what breaks yours. Like, break my heart for what breaks yours. If I am not moved with compassion when I see people in a state of being separated from the kingdom of God, Break my heart for what breaks yours. We don't do the private place. We don't, get, we don't lay down and grow our personal relationship with Jesus. We don't get prepared and put on our armor to stay seated. We don't do that. That's not the purpose of it all. We, we put, it all on, put it all on so that we can go. We can go. That we can be compassionate and we can demonstrate God's kingdom to those around us and those in other nations. So with that in mind, I'm now going to stand up because we've done this bit here and there's all, you know, faith isn't about lack of movement. Faith isn't about apathy, it's about doing. Faith and works, right? So with that in mind about being compassionate, I just want to say that, you know, God made you in his image. When it comes to loving the world, you will have different skills and qualities that I do not have that he will place on your heart things that will burn deeply, that will not burn in my heart in quite the same way. You know, that might be human trafficking. That might be refugees. That might be homelessness. Uh, It might be poverty and hunger. It might be uh, for those struggling with addictions. It might be those experiencing debt or dealing with pornography. It might be something different for everybody. Because you know what? You are made in God's image. And that means that you have a reflection of God in you. And that when you spend time with Jesus, your heart will burn. Your heart will burn as his does for people that are lost and not knowing him. So press into that. If there is particular passions in your heart, press into those things. Pray into those things. Ask the Spirit to speak to you on those things. Because he will equip you to serve you to serve and love those people as well. And it might be practically that you need to get like a monthly magazine that tells you about what's going on in that field, like the Barnabas Trust, is it, that tell you about uh, underground churches and churches in persecuted nations, that sort of thing. Equip yourself to pray and to love other nations. Um, It might be that you need to be financially giving to uh, a charity or a missionary or somebody that serves that compassion that Jesus has laid in your heart. So have a think. There's got to be an outworking to our faith. So what does it look like for you? So you might then have a few questions to fire back at me. But Debbie, life is easier on my own. (laughs) 
I'm used to doing things on my own. I love people when I meet them, but I'm okay just doing this thing on my own. Unfortunately, we're made to live in community. Uh, we've learned from last week from Dad's talk about loving one another. So jump back to that one if this is your heart, where you want to do stuff on your own, because you're not called to do it on your own. For example, Ephesians 4.2, like just a simple sentence that says, bear one another in love, that in itself says that we're not made to do it on our own. Your next question might be, but I've got enough to think about in my life. I can't be dealing with thinking about these big, what seem like heavy topics or complicated things, things I don't know what to do about. So if that's your question, I would say to you, when you gave your, give your life over to Christ, you are saying, my life is no longer my own. I am now hid in Christ and his heart is my heart. Um, and Matthew 18, uh, 28, 18, 19 clearly says, go and make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We are called to teach others uh, what Jesus has done. We don't point Jesus, uh, people to ourselves, we point them to Jesus. So we've got a clear, clear mission that, yes, you might have a lot on your plate in life at the moment, but your life is in Christ. It's no longer your own agenda. He's got an agenda for you as well. So the last one might be, so when can I stop? I'll do this for a little while. I'll commit financially for a little bit to somebody or I'll go visit somewhere. I'll um, be a little bit more proactive for a while. When, when can things change? And... 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8 uh, is a very well-read uh, few verses about the characteristics of kingdom love. Of, uh, and and uh, the, the bit that I hadn't really ever noticed at the end, it says, after it goes through all the attributes of love, um, and then it just says, love never ends. <laughs> so when can you stop? You can't. <laughs> all the whilst you are hidden in Christ and you have given your life to him, you don't have permission to stop loving the world around you, I'm afraid. You have to crack on, lay your life down, and serve those that Jesus is bringing to your path, that he is giving you compassion for. So you can't stop, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, the next point, point four, last one. Really important, as they all are, <laughs> is be yourself. You are not called to be me. I'm not called to be you. Um, like if I was to do uh, Stu's job, for example, Stu's our gallery director this morning. Uh, if I was to be uh, to fly a plane, trust me, nobody would want to get on it. I'm not called to do what Stu does. We are called to our specific things that God has gifted us with um, and put opportunities in our way with. Um, so my encouragement to you, when you love the world, just be yourself. When you speak to someone, it just starts with, hello, doesn't it? Hello, how are you? Oh, not so good today. Oh, why is that? This, this, and this is going on. Oh, you know, I, you know I'm a Christian. I, I'd love to be able to pray for you on those things. I believe God cares for you and is interested and would love to support you in that. Oh, okay. No, thanks. Oh, no, no troubles. Have a great day. Or... Yeah, should we pray now? Fab, okay. It can be, just be yourself. I've put down here, with a touch of courage, very small amount, faith smaller than mustard seed, right? With a touch of courage and a little bit of openness. Open your heart to people. 
Open your heart to people. So I'm just going to share a few stories, just because I love a story, as most people know, and I think it stirs faith and expectation for the rest of us, because uh, I hope you go away thinking, I'd like to get some stories this week that I can share with us about how I was able to love the world this week. Um, back in October, November, we saw a video of Eddie, and he shared about how he has been loving some people at the local cafe. His wife, Jill, before she passed away, she said she asked him to carry on the relationships that she had with them because she'd been sharing Jesus, and she just asked him to carry on investing in those people. And it's just such an encouragement. And Eddie, we continue to pray for you as you spend time with those people and keep in touch with them during this time and for more opportunity. Uh, before Christmas, no, during Christmas, Katie had the wonderful idea of setting up a lights Christmas trail around her local streets. I think there's over 300 houses. There's definitely 300 leaflets. And she just wanted to bring hope and something to fun to do for families, to connect the community together, to get to know her local community, and to just share a bit of the nativity. What an amazing idea. And Katie, we pray that you will see the fruit of the work that you have put in, in connecting and having compassion for your community. Uh, this Monday just gone, Tony shared at the prayer meeting that he felt stirred at Christmas. How could I love my neighbours? And he said that he, uh, he decided to buy a bunch of flowers for every household in his cul-de-sac. So you can imagine Tony with all his flowers coming back from the shops because he doesn't have a car and um, giving them out. And it's just brought opportunity for conversation and just to demonstrate God's love. And that's just loving the world. And then OU shared at another prayer meeting, another good reason to get to a prayer meeting, might I add, is you get to hear stories. She shared about uh, the relationship that she's formed with a neighbour over the years. Over the years, she's lived where she does. She's uh, given chocolates at Easter and chocolates and a card at Christmas. And her and another neighbour, they're both chatty um, and they love to have a chat. And she realised they'd put a for sale sign up and went and knocked on the door just to, you know, say, ask wonder what's going on and say goodbye at the same time. But she had an opportunity. It came out of nowhere and she said that she didn't quite know how she got into the conversation. But in that time, she got to share the gospel with this guy. And we just pray, oh, you, that that seed will be sown in Jesus' name, that this guy will come to know Jesus in these coming weeks and months, that he will know Jesus is the everything to his life, regardless of where he lives. And we stand, we want to stand with people in their stories and pray over the people these people are meeting, because your victory, when you have a story, is our victory. This is how this works. We celebrate together. So just a few stories for you this morning. Be yourself. Don't pretend to be anyone else. Don't hype it up. Don't fake it till you make it. That's not, that's not how living a kingdom life goes. Just be yourself. Be yourself. Right. So let's land this now. Uh, classic preaching term, isn't it? Let's land it. <laughs> I've just used it. Shocker. Um, is to love the world starts in private. Love the world by being yourself. Love the world by being moved to action with compassion. The private life, your private life with Jesus, is going to transform your public life of serving him. I'll say it again. Your, public, your private life 
with Jesus is going to transform your public life of serving him. It will, I promise you. You cannot spend time with Jesus and not be moved and connected greater into his heart. So I'm just going to finish off by reading a poem. This poem will be in our spring brochure, which will be emailed out at 11 o'clock. I think it's scheduled to go out. Um, And we're going to deliver these brochures to your houses as well, because we want to connect with you. And I'm going to read it as a prayer. So this was written by Tim Arnott. He went out for a run a couple of weeks ago, and God just laid this on his heart. And this prayer will really equip you for the coming series that we have, which is called Radical Disciple. No, we want to be Christ followers and we want to do it well. We want to do it with heart and passion. So I'm just going to read through this prayer. So if you are, well, I'm about to ask, if you're at home, you are at home. If you can just close your eyes, just take a deep breath for a minute, just settle your heart and come before your heavenly father, just as we commit the end of this, this teaching series on prayer And we're just going to read this out. If you want to open your hands out to him, it's just almost a a prophetic gesture, an act of the will to say, Father, I'm going to receive from you. And we're just going to read this through. Father, I want to live more in your kingdom, impacting all I do every day. Please birth in me a fresh Holy Spirit, the daily power of your kingdom ways. Yes, I choose to make it a lifestyle, not an exercise that lasts for a week. But when you stir my heart to seek you, I'd respond, your face will I seek. For I choose to pursue you with my everything, a desire for more of you and less of me. May your word be my heartbeat that the world would see Jesus in me. And those times that are tough and uncertain and the way ahead difficult to see. I'll remind myself of your promise. Is there anything too difficult for me? Where there's doubt, I'll believe you are working. In despair, I know you're on the throne. And whatever may test me and try me, I'll stand in the power of your name. For you're working even when I can't see it. Help me to see what you see. That you're moving in power in these days, Lord, and your power can flow through me. I'll lift up your name, mighty Saviour. Yes, I'll acknowledge that these days are tough, but you're greater, you're stronger than everything. You're the life, you're the truth and the way. Oh, envision me afresh with your kingdom. You're the God who makes all things new. Build your church. May our world see Jesus as we choose to partner daily with you. Amen. I'm going to leave it there and hand over to Sam.